Hello, everybody, and welcome to the special edition episode of Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. It's special? On the, the Disney Plus version that I've watched, all the uh, uh, versions of the original trilogy are the special editions. Oh my god, okay, because I was noticing, I noticed something, and I had noticed it before, and then I forgot all about it. Uh, would that be towards the end of the movie that you're noticing? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay we're thinking of the exact same thing. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Real. I am Samantha Tomlinson. And I am Kevin Tracy. Welcome back, everybody, for our exciting conclusion of the Star Wars Ridge Tridge. Yay, we made it through Star Wars Month. Woo! We're talking about Return of the Jedi, which is, I think, I think this might be, again, I flip-flop all the time. I think, I think this one's my favorite of the Ridge this one, this one, this, this one does have, like, my favorite, like, climax. Uh, I do for, think for the, this the is my... Of the originals, this is... I prefer this lightsaber fight to the one... Even though the one in Empire is way more famous, you know, because we find out Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, but this one, the conflict internally between Darth Vader... With Darth Vader and separately with Luke are just so high... The tension yeah. is just so much higher because in the last one it was more of I need to save my friends, and this, and time this one is like I need to save my father without killing each other. <laughs> so, are you caught up? Are you watching the Mandalorian docu series? I've I've only seen the first episode so far. I've I'm okay. been kind of holding off watching it until like all comes out, and then I was just gonna binge it. Okay, it's because uh, I. I don't want to again. I don't want to spoil it, and it's probably no, nothing. No, no, no. no. It's it, it's totally. I'm gonna watch it anyway. You you can go ahead. It's so because Dave Filoni. I talked a little bit about this last time, but I really want to talk about it because my jaw had dropped, and I <laughs> even the directors in the room with him were all like, like even they were like, oh man, like uh, it was such an intense, deeper level thinking of the whole arc of Star Wars, and like like I've said, they don't just talk about just the original they talk about the pre they don't they haven't really talked as much about the sequels but they more talk about the prequels and the and the originals just as a whole because it is one story whether yeah. you love or hate the sequels it doesn't matter they are yeah. part of the story because yeah. and, and, and and it does make sense for like dave filoni to not really talk about the sequels because he had no part of that he he was roped in like it, like working solely on star wars clone wars yeah with, to tie like the the prequels to the original trilogy and kind of have like a a more seamless cohesive single story that spanned like these like generations and the sequels were just kind of like an extension of a story that he helped iron out yeah. a lot of like the rough edges that the prequels kind of brought up because the the sequels we didn't necessarily need the sequels we needed the prequels we yes. needed to know there was a side of the story we didn't know and we needed that and what so he what he talks about is how the heart of it is really about how the heart of the story is about family 
And it wasn't something that I really, this was not something I really thought that much about. I definitely thought it was like internally, you know, good versus bad and stuff like that. But he says how the fight in Phantom Menace, like that's your favorite the, with uh, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon and, and uh, Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. That's your favorite fight it, scene. And he it was is. Making the, it's so good. <laughs> and he was making the point how everybody loves this fight scene, but they don't really think about what it's really about. For me, it's not the fight scene that I am against. I do like it. It's a cool fight scene. It's just for me, my issue with it was I just felt like the buildup wasn't very good. So it wasn't really the fight. It was just the le- the lead up to that wasn't yeah. very strong, which is part of the, some of the problems with Phantom Menace. But they make the point how, he, you know, Qui-Gon was miles ahead and was so more, way more progressive than any of the other Jedi because he didn't really think that having an attachment, because attachments, that's what Jedi aren't really supposed to have attachments. Yeah, and felt that- yeah, only on like rare occasions do the council allow like Jedi or any members of the council to have like any kind of attachments. And they, he makes the point that he understands he's leaving his mother. He essentially isn't just fighting against Darth Maul. He's fighting for Anakin. He's fighting to be, because he would be his father. And he, and Dave Filoni makes the point that. You mean his master? I mean, yes, but he would have been his father figure. Oh. Obi-Wan was not his father. Obi-Wan eventually gotcha. kind of becomes his brother, but he's not really his father. I kind of never really thought of them as, I don't know, maybe it's because they are so opposite. I never really I, felt like they were quite like brothers, but they weren't quite like father-son. They were just kind of... Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, at one point during um, episode two, when like um, Padme's all like, wait, you're just going to leave him on Geonosis to die? Is like, he, he's your master. He's like your brother. He's like yeah. my father. He like, he says like he's like my father so i i totally see where you're coming from on that he is kind of like his father but he is essentially but uh feloni makes the point that he isn't regardless he's not the father qui-gon would have been because qui-gon understood more what was he was going through whereas and he makes the point that obi-wan looks at anakin more like in the beginning like jar jar (laughs) not in the sense of in in the in the sense of like why do we need to bring him with us like we don't really need him. That that kind of and if and he you know does train him, but he only really trains him because of Qui Gon. But anyway, Qui Gon's fighting for him because he would have been a father that Anakin needed. And as the story goes on, and then it becomes Luke trying to save his father. The very end, he essentially realizes he has to become the father and save his son. Yeah. Be- become the father he never was and save his son. And when he like this whole arc and the fact that it all started from. Phantom Menace, again, whether you like it or not, Phantom Menace is part of this story. And I was just like, my jaw like dropped because I never thought about it this way. Especially Qui-Gon. I never really gave him that much. I never I never really gave him that much. Yeah, well, thought. yeah, because he's um, only in the one movie. And for the most part, he, he only serves as like kind of like a, a driving force to get Anakin into like his starting position with him and Obi-Wan outside of that. He didn't really serve that much of a yeah. major role unless like, you know, unless you like read like, is... like the, <laughs> the yeah, other yeah. like stories that he's a, a part of. But the whole point of it is that he's way more important than, I mean, I initially thought because if he hadn't died, if that fight had gone differently, you know, Anakin would have ended up differently. Yeah. And it's very, maybe Anakin wouldn't have even have brought balance to the force. Like the whole, it's just this very crazy thing that I never really gave it much thought. And his interpretation of it was just mind blowing and how it all leads up to 
uh, Return of the Jedi. And that's the thing that I find so funny is because I do think if you're going to watch Star Wars for the first time, you should watch the originals, then watch the, the prequels, then watch the sequels. But uh, it's kind of funny because we do have the prequels now, it's harder to view it in that order because knowing what we eventually will know through the prequels and how like the conflict he with Anakin Skywalker was dealing with prior and you know the fact that he was married and he like, yeah. all the all these other factors play into this conflict which when we first start Return of the Jedi um so yeah they the, the beginning is just is the Imperials the Imperialists are building another Death Star and this is the first time we really get to actually officially meet the Emperor Whereas the rebels, Luke and Leia and C-3PO and R2 are saving Han. From, from Jabba. And from, from Jabba. But uh, I just, even when the first time we really meet the Emperor, just the way it blew my mind and how amazing this acting is. Not just, like, Darth Vader, he's just walking. He's not doing anything. Again, he doesn't have a face. He doesn't have facial expressions. I could just feel the conflict radiating off him oh absolutely and 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 that that does kind of like bring up one of the things that a lot of people have the problem with like the special edition versions um of this movie uh towards the end uh that we kind of talked about a little bit it kind of defeats the purpose to give him dialogue when seeing him have conflict even though you see no facial expressions through his body language and how he's kind of like shifting about says a lot more than actually just straight up saying it and just kind of dumbs it down for the audience. I mean, the whole time he's saying, I don't have a conflict, there is no conflict. And the thing is, you you know he has conflict based on his behavior. Not Actually, not as, more, yeah, his body language. Not as much, obviously, his voice. Yeah. And again, the, the lack of facial expressions. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I never... I think it's because, again, Star Wars it's one of those things that's so embedded in our culture that I obviously knew what was going to happen. So I never yeah. really gave it that much. I never really analyzed it at the time because like I knew how it all turned out. But this time I think after watching that Dave Filoni discussion and he said like, at the end, he's like, I felt that I really thought Luke going to the dark side was on the table. Like I really felt like that was going to happen. And I still, I feel like, I didn't really, I still kind of am debating if I felt that was on the table. I think right up to the very end when he could have, I thought maybe, but I'm more, again, I knew it was going to happen. I more just felt, was more aware of the conflict within Darth Vader than um, I was before. There there was actually, I, I think like around like the time, like a couple years or so after uh, this movie came out, there was a very like short-lived comic series called i think it was just called star wars what if and it was uh like one minor change in the story in each one of like the original trilogy movies like what if during the attack on the death star they they don't manage to blow up the death star in time and uh the rebel base blows up and they have to continue on and fight the rebellion uh from that point forward or uh what if Leia never gets rescued from the Death Star and gets turned to the dark side and becomes like an Imperial diplomat and so on and so forth. And it's just really cool kind of seeing like all these like what if alternatives and like how easily in these like stories 
Luke is turned to the dark side and how easily um, it is for one to kind of fall from like good graces and like slip to something so easily. And um, it's just a really cool kind of transition on how one small change can just kind of ruin the whole thing for the good guys. So it is kind of cool seeing how if Luke was to kind of become the bad guy, like there are versions of that where that does happen. I love stories like that, where that's kind of why I became so obsessed with the, with David Filoni's interpretation, because I never really thought about, yeah, if Qui-Gon had survived that whole, this whole story would have been, very different. Yeah. And like, maybe but, not exist. Like, um, like on, I never analyzed that. Yeah. Analyzed it like that. Yeah. Like on YouTube, there's like so many, there's like a full like series of videos of like Star Wars. Like what if, like what if like the rebels, like, uh, like ready to program, like battle droids from like the, the clone wars to fight in the rebellion. Or, um, what if Leia became like the chosen one instead of Luke? It, it, it yeah. There, there's just like a lot of really cool stuff like that. On, on the internet, I've been seeing so many images that everybody apparently really wanted the end. We don't have to get too into it, but Rise of Skywalker, they all wanted to see Rey go to the dark side. And they all said, like, let's give us something different. Why don't they do that? Blah, blah, blah. And at first, I'm like, you wanted it to end with her become going to the dark side and they win? The rebels lose? Like, what do you mean? Like, And then I was thinking, is it then in that case, Ben would have maybe not? Dot. like I just I didn't I do think that would have been interesting but I think that would have been more interesting if she went to the dark side in the second one and then the third one was about them pulling her out of it yeah that, that would have that been, more... been a good arc that would have been a good arc it would have been really cool but yeah it, it was I, I haven't really paid too much attention to like any like the the ray theories too much but it, yeah when watching like the sequels and, that, and that's one thing I love about Star Wars is that no matter which order you watch them in each trilogy is its own condensed story that yeah. you can watch in any order. And I absolutely love that. And you still kind of mm-hmm. have like, like connections to uh, the previous stories, but for the sequel trilogy, um, the conflict with Ray and like any potential, like her turning to the dark side there, there was like zero that they made it seem like there was like any, there was zero chance of like her turning to the dark side in any way. Like, Every time, like Kylo would fair, like, yeah, like, but like every time, like Kylo was like trying to just like, you should join me, to go to the dark side, and just like, no, uh, like there, there was no like real like debate with her. It's just like, no, you're the yeah. bad guy, I'm the good guy, let's fight. Like it, that, that was it. He, like sh- he, shut he, down completely throughout the entire trilogy. Here's my thing about that because obviously Kylo was far more conflicted, and Ray was more conflicted with what she finds out about herself as opposed to her actually wanting being curious about the dark side. But I will say it has just become a trope in hero's journeys of the bad guy saying, join me. And so I don't really have an issue with them just shutting it down because I do think you almost, because I feel like I've seen it more times than I can count of. Oh yeah. Join me. (laughs) No, never. When it's like, why even ask? They know they're going to say no. So I, I kind of, I'm okay with them just shut the down because it's something she would never do. I can get on board with that. I think if it was told, you know, again, it's, I think it's been established. This wasn't a very cohesive story and it was, that's pretty disappointing, but, yeah. um, anyway, yeah, but 
You know what is a cohesive story? The original Tridge. Yes. Ori- Eric's Tridge. Original Tridge. The original Tridge. <laughs> uh, so something that I noticed in Empire, because, you know, A New Hope, obviously, they didn't realize it was going to be the hit that it was. Empire is one of the greatest sequels of all time. But I will say by the Return of the Jedi, I feel like they, like, hit their stride. I felt like there weren't as many of these teeny tiny little inconsistencies other than, you know, Lando still calling him Han. Honestly, I think that was just Billy D. Williams. I, th- I don't think that had anything to do with his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I but uh, I felt like they it the whole story seemed to flow. The, to me, out of all of them, this story flowed the best. They hit their stride. They figured out. Yeah, no, this movie, I felt like it has like, honestly, like one of like the best like opening scenes. I I feel like it did kind of lull a bit in the middle, but then it like picks back up and has like one of like my favorite like climaxes for like the Star Wars movies. It jumps between like perspectives of like this epic space fight, which is one of my favorite space fights in the Star Wars series, kind of like up there with like Rogue One and uh, like the battle, like this like huge battle on uh endor and then like this like very like internal and physical fight between luke and vader like right in front of the emperor and it's just all three of these happening at the same time and like all three of these scenes are pivotal for the success of like the entire mission because if one of them fails then they all fail it's like damn this is some high stakes poker right here yeah exactly and it's yeah, this this one has the the highest stakes. Oh, absolutely. The first one, other than what they, you know, it's like they stumble into it, the high yeah. stakes. And the second one, it's again, it's not really. It's more high high stakes for Luke in terms of is he going to be ready. But this one, you know, the the like cards like are anyone and, and everyone can die basically at any point. Yes. Like like because um, especially in the last line, we we can see like. This series isn't afraid of watching like the villains or like the heroes like take a huge loss. Like the last one, like Luke loses a hand, Han gets captured, and everyone else gets tortured. It's like, okay, holy shit, <laughs> what's gonna happen in this one? So yeah, we start off with yeah the Emperor is gonna be coming to the base because they're I guess behind and whatnot, and you can see like. They're also just terrified. They're like, oh shit, the Emperor's coming here. It's like, we, we, we shall double our efforts. Like, I hope so, Commander, for your sake. Okay. What is the Emperor's job? It seems like all... He, I mean, is he I mean, running the galaxy, I guess? It seems like Darth yeah. Vader's doing all the work. Pretty much, Darth Vader is like... By extension, he's like, whatever I say goes because the only other person I report to is the emperor. Everyone else is directly under me. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, he is kind of like running like things. Like Darth Vader is more sense, like the main, like military, like general, uh, for the empire. He's like the main, like opposing force for everyone else in the galaxy. The emperor kind of runs things on a more governmental like level. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. As is his background. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which which makes sense. But yeah, in order to kind of like maintain a more reasonable control, because one person can't run like the entire galaxy. Yeah. He appoints um like Tarkin. His his position was a Grand Moff, which was basically like a regional governor oh, of like uh, a series of planets. 
Yeah. No, that's 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 like a like a like an admiral okay. or something. It, it's a it, it's like a, a rank or a, okay. a title. First grade, um, grand moth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're like moths, which are basically just like regional governors of like certain planets, and like a grand moth is like in charge of all of those governors. So he's like uh, like a so like a moth is basically like a mayor of a planet, and like a grand moth is like a senator of like like several planets and is in charge of all of those moths. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it and it's pretty much just broken down like that for like the majority of the galaxy. Okay. And so after that, we then, yes, yeah, C-3PO and R2 are headed to Jabba's palace. There clearly is this very elaborate plan to break Han out. And I mean, I don't, I know it does seem like it does go a little bit better than they expected. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and I was wondering but- how much of the plan <laughs> does everybody know? Because it seems like C-3PO and R2 did not know that Luke was going to give them as gifts, air quotes, and or or at least 3PO didn't know. And uh Leia, I couldn't tell if she was very surprised that Lando was there. Or not that he was yeah, there, I, but he was because C3PO and R2 were saying Lando didn't come back. And so I'm guessing is it the same thing as like R2 and C3PO, he just kind of stayed as to like, you know, kind of lay out the groundwork so his friends can help break out Han. I I feel like it this like them breaking Han out was just a series of multiple just like covert missions that suddenly went bad and to cover up for it he sent more of like everyone in to kind of like pick up where they left off and it's like all right well everyone's in there but yeah well we got enough like we got enough people in there and like half of them are like working for Jabba now so it's like uh this seems like a good move now (laughs) so um yeah and and then C-3P and R2 go in and they're given as gifts and they're like, what? Like by like Luke's hologram. And then we see this bounty hunter come in with Chewie, who we then learn later that it's Leia. And after she unfreezes Han, I was thinking if she had just grabbed him and dragged him out, would, I mean, I'm wondering, would they have just gotten out? Then they just got to deal with getting R2 and C-3PO and Chewie back. I feel, yeah, I feel like getting them out would be a lot easier because they don't have to be thought out. Yeah. But I mean, or get them all at once, you know. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like the hardest person to get out of there would be Chewie because he's in a dungeon and like R2 and 3PO is like, you just need to remove like the restraining bolt and it's like, yeah. all right, they can just walk out the door. But yeah, it, it, it just seemed like a, a, a series of just plans that went wrong and they just kind of improvised around that to make it work in their favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they never explain, as far as I know, they never explain how Lando even got into his, like, starting position of undercover as a guard there. Yeah. Like, he, he just, like, as it, it just, yeah, like you said, like, 3 was like, oh, Lando never came back from his job. Well, I hope he's okay. And it's just like, oh, no, he's just there. He's just wearing a disguise. Like, how did you kill the guy who wore that before and have just been assuming his identity for the past few days? Like, yeah, how? exactly. How did that happen? And I can't tell Leia seems kind of surprised that he's there, but he's there longer than her. Yeah, and it's very unclear if she she knew he was supposed to be there. Never she doesn't say anything about it like at all throughout this entire movie or in that scene. She just we just kind of see her face for like a second when they make eye contact. Yeah. And I think that's after Luke shows up. Yeah, um, yeah. And Luke I yeah. 
no, I, I, because I'm watching so much Clone Wars lately, and first of all, Clone Wars <laughs> is it's becoming hilarious because every time we meet a new character that's going to have a role later, it's just, I'm just watching, I'm just thinking, like, Anakin's going to kill you and you and you and you. <laughs> and <laughs> you are all dead. To be fair... To be fair, a lot of the Jedi that you meet do live. I know, but a lot of them die. <laughs> but um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I realized Luke's clothes in this movie are very, or at least in this first scene, are very similar to what Anakin wears just before he goes to the dark side. Yeah. Now he does wear black the whole movie, and that's because there's the the conflict and the question of whether he's gonna go to the dark side and, and also when he first shows up he he like force chokes the like Jabba's guards like that doesn't seem like a Luke thing to do he's just killed two guys he basically says like you know release my friends and okay so okay this is the first time we see Leia in the very infamous gold bikini the, uh the the yeah the slave Leia and I gotta oh. say I I do think if anything I I if it's it's more of a show of how gross Jabba is, the fact that not only it, it made me think of like an Austin Powers when they get captured, they just Doctor Evil puts them in these weird clothes, and it's like why? Oh yeah, why? Why bother? Like Jabba is gross, and the fact that I mean, he also just has that line I mean, around. Like <laughs> you see, like earlier on, like he has like a couple like like he has like a dancer girl kind of wearing something similar. And also, it was the 80s, so they kind of yeah. needed to have, like, it seemed like every sci-fi movie had, like, some, like, level of, like, sex appeal to it. Yeah. And I felt like this movie was just like, well, I mean, this is still technically for kids, but it's the 80s, so we're going to try it. I mean, it was, it, this came out in 83, so I feel like this was, as far as, like, TNA goes, like, this was very tame, even though, like, this is probably, like, the much more like infamous like like one of the more like memorable like outfits throughout the the entire series. But I gotta say, because there's that whole debate on oh, it's just it's just appealing to the male fantasy, and I can't believe Star Wars did that. And it's gross. Even Carrie Fisher was like, I mean, who cares? I like like she gets it, but I think she you know she kills Jabba, so I feel like she's still badass. Her clothes are yeah, they are really very revealing and it is kind of whatever but she does kill her you know the guy that's imprisoning her so i don't know i i yeah. i get it but i kind of think she's still badass so the clothes are kind of yeah she yeah she yeah she kills him with the chain that he has attached to her <laughs> which is like also poor planning like, on his end yeah and i i didn't mention this before so when leia unfreezes han and you know, he's like, who are you? And she's like, someone who loves you. And then they kiss. This is one reason why I love Han and Leia so much is because there was the con- a little bit of conflict between them last time, mainly because he had to leave. But this yeah. time, there's no question of like, because after in any other movie or if any, like if this was a show or anything, after she would have gotten him out, there would have been a whole conversation of, so uh, before you left, I said I loved you and we kissed and what... What and they would have found some bullshit reason not to be together. Whereas this time they're they're, but as a but this time it's just like screw it. They love each other. They're together. And I think I just appreciate it because it's just straightforward. I get very when it comes to romances. I'm all for conflict, but sometimes it's like 
enough. We get it. Just it, it, it gets repetitive. And this time it was just went for it. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad that they kind of cut to the chase because I feel like if they film this now, it's just like, oh, uh, it's like as soon as like Fron or uh, Han Fron. gets uh, unfrozen, <laughs> Fron, Fron, sorry, Fron. <laughs> yeah, when 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 Han gets unfrozen from carbonite and is like, oh, it's like Leia, I love you. It's like Leia just like stops and it's like, no, there's there's been someone else. You've been gone for so long. It's me and Akbar are a thing uh, now. <laughs> um, actually, I, I looked it up because this only take this this does this is three years after Empire, but. I think yep. in the world of Star Wars, it's only been about a year, which makes more sense. Um, that's at least that's what I yeah, read, I, and that makes t- way more I, sense. I th- it's something like that, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, why? And there's actually, years? and there's actually um, a deleted scene, um, like right before Luke sends R two and three PO to Jabba's palace. He like sends them out of like this cave, like outside of Jabba's palace. And you see him constructing his green lightsaber that he uses for the rest of this movie since he lost his last one. I was wondering about uh, that sen- because... Since his, since his hand gets cut off. I was wondering about that because, yeah, he gets a new lightsaber. But does he... I mean, he know. I mean, I can... He... I would believe he could figure out how to construct one. But where is he going to get the materials? Um, is there... Um, I, I mean... I'm sure Yoda kind of told him at some point when they they were training, mm-hmm. and uh, there there are like various like locations like in the galaxy where Jedi usually go on like pilgrimages to find like a kyber crystal to make their mm-hmm. uh, lightsaber, and I just assume that there would be like scattered like lightsaber parts in like those areas as well for him to build one. That's also a storyline. That was in season two of Clone Wars that I really liked. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, pretty much everyone's been captured. And Luke is saying like, hey, you're going to regret this if you don't let my friends go. And obviously Jabba calls his bluff and they're all about to die. And I love this part so much because he's just he's not he's not afraid at all. But also he just he willingly jumps off of a plank. Oh, 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 wait, but before that, before they, they get to that point. When Luke first confronts Jabba, I was like, hey, I want you to let all my friends go or else I'm going to have to destroy you. And he drops them into a trap door under his throne. (laughs) And earlier, he he dropped one of his dancers down there and she gets eaten by this ferocious looking monster. But we we don't see it until... Uh, Luke falls in there with accidentally with one of uh, Jabba's guards, and it's the Rancor, and it is one of like, it's it's a very like iconic looking monster at this point. Um, it's just this giant, big, hulking mass of claws and teeth, um, and Luke falls in there completely unarmed because he gave his lightsaber to R two to to keep for later. Um, which was smart but, planning. He, he, he doesn't take. He didn't take the yeah, rancor in account. Yeah. No, oh, not at all. He he's able to kill this thing in like no problem whatsoever. He manages to trap this thing under a trap door and closes it on its neck, and it just impales itself and dies. It's he like, then holy shit, he, dude. He then <laughs> is he gets out, and other people start to come in, and one of them is like crying over the monster yeah, dying. It's like, I felt like that was such an unnecessary scene, but I can't help but laugh at that now. Yeah. It's like, cause it's just this very like, like out of shape, like middle-aged man. He's got like a beer gut and he's wearing like, like 
almost like a turban i guess i it, it's just kind of like a, like this leather like like bandana flap that goes down to his shoulders I guess, um, yeah I, I gotta and, and he just and he just starts crying <laughs> yeah i gotta say the the costumes in this are the, the the design for some of the costumes and the makeup some of them look really great and some of them to me kind of don't really hold up and they look kind of weird especially yeah. the blue guy um, elephant oh max rebo you leave max rebo That's, alone he is a precious angel i'm sure he is but he doesn't look, <laughs> i mean i know that's a costume it just it looks a little too much like a costume to me but yeah i know like he he looks he's not doing any harm he's there but he just it looks like a costume. <laughs> yeah uh what, what did you think of like uh jabba's band uh like like the song like the dance like what what was like your overall impression of like the I mean, it's 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 a lot more it's a lot catchier, not catchier, but it's a it's it's different than the cantina and some of those same creatures. Yeah. But uh, it's got that weird yeah. frog singer who was in Clone Wars, and I was like, "What the hell is this uh, thing?" Oh yeah, and yep, yeah, that's the exact same yeah, character I, I too. Size Snoodles. Um, or Snipe, Snipe, yeah, something like that. I will say this scene. I know it kind of goes on for like a few seconds too long. It uh, yeah. I, it, 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 I, well, I I feel like it doesn't like last too long that it like overstays its welcome. No, I, I no, feel like yeah. it goes on just long enough to just like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, so this character, uh, Ula, she's the one that she's gets thrown into the uh, pit with the man. Of course, she is fifty on Rolling Stone's top fifty Star Wars characters because you know like she doesn't job is pulling her towards him and she's, you know, rejecting him. And she, you know, it, it's kind of the whole point is that it's pretty badass of her to risk death as opposed to just yeah. uh, obeying Jabba. So I thought that was like yeah. a nice, and, you know, and, that was cool. And, and also a fun fact that that same actress who, who plays that character when George Lucas was redoing this scene for the special edition, that actress reprised her role. Cause she, she, like I'm still in shape to do that role. They refilmed the scenes and um, she she put on like the costume and everything and refilmed the scene. So her in uh, whenever you watch the special editions, that's her like 20 years after it was initially filmed. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like she looks exactly the same, and it's like oh, it's like oh, we're redoing this, and she she like found out about it. It's like hey, do you need me to redo this? Like. It's like, well, do you still look the same? It's like, exactly the same. It's like, all right, come on down. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to the, the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> so, yes, I, I really like the scene, um, especially because Luke, it's pretty fast. He just willing, he says, like, you know, Jabba, it's your last chance. Free us or die. They push him in. Or he actually kind of jumps in grabs the plank flips himself up he's just very like i think what i like about it is it's not him i mean i guess he is kind of thinking on his feet but this is why i say that the plans seem to go very well because even though yes they keep hitting these pitfalls it i mean they killed java like they defeat they got everyone out it just seemed like it worked out a little bit better than they probably originally had planned yeah yeah. Although it does kind of leave like kind of an implication because they just killed a massive like 
like underworld boss. So they did also at the same time. At the same time, they did kill like a very bad guy. Like objectively, Job is a bad guy. Yeah. But they did also at the same time kind of create a power vacuum that is going to need to get filled at some point. Oh. Um, which, which I feel like is going to lead some like very like intense implications that hopefully we'll kind of see in the Mandalorian because we, we never really see that side of it and it does kind of take place like a few years after yeah. the Empire Falls. Yeah. So hopefully we do see something like that and there are other huts and I think there's still like a few still left alive that are like still connected to like the hut family that would kind of like try to take up like the rest of like the slack what that Jabba's Jabba son? now has left. Do we know what happened to him? He never really, yeah, he never really gets mentioned again, as far as I know. Uh, after like, I didn't even know he had move, a son it, before Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, neither did I until I saw that. Yeah, he shows up in the movie in like maybe two episodes in the series, and outside of that, he's never really mentioned again, as far as I know. Yeah, um, which is is kind of weird. There are a few other huts that, like, I mean, you saw like the the hut council. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a few of them, but I honestly don't even remember how many of them actually survived the end of the Clone Wars. So, Luke's fighting, and Han is blind, and he's just kind of, like, yeah, leaning on Chewie, he, and then Lando falls over, and they're trying to save him while he's still blind. Like, it's, I mean, it's very, like, good for you, Han, but it's also really funny, because he's like, oh, like, um, well... It's like, wait, I thought you were blind. It's all right. I can see a lot better now. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Luke's just uh, jumping between the. What are they? What are they? Like, they're. What's it called? Uh, like, they're, they're, mini they're ships. Sand, sand skips. skips. He's like jumping between them. Yeah. And uh, battling everyone. And then, yeah, <laughs> Leia kills. They're... Leia kills Jabba. She makes her escape. And they. this is what I love because I mentioned this. Uh, on our first ep- our first Star Wars episode, when they are on the Death Star and Luke and Leia swing across the chasm, it's the, it's yeah. funny because it's just very like they're barely holding on to each other. And this time, Leia grabs onto him. He's all in black. She's in the bikini. It's a very cliche like heroic image, but this time like. The swing is a lot more oh, yeah, yeah, stable, yeah, it, and yeah, it looks like it, yeah, it looks like something like straight out of like a romance novel. But it's just funny because it's so much more like it's not as because before it was the first time it was very awkward, and this time it was they had clearly like they had yeah. both grown so much, and it was just it was very <laughs> I don't know I love that comparison, but yeah, they all the, they're get off. <laughs> During the time when Luke's like jumping between like uh, the skiffs fighting uh, some of uh, Jabba's guards, there 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 are two things I wanted to point out during this. Is uh, one is during the fight, uh, one of the actors I guess misses his cue oh. because you see Luke kick at him, and it, you see him not make contact with this guy, and yet the guy still recoils from getting kicked in the face. <laughs> I didn't uh, notice that. And it, it, it's it's a really quick thing. Um, he literally like jumps in front of this guy, kicks, and the guy just like flails, throws his gun in the air, and just like recoils from getting kicked in the face, but not really. <laughs> and I guess you can chalk it up as like, oh, he used the force. Then why did he kick? Um, <laughs> and another thing is, at one point, Boba Fett is like, you see him, he fires a shot at Luke, 
misses by a mile. And this is supposed to be like one of like the best bounty hunters. And this is he he's like fires a shot, misses by a mile, and then he gets hit by Han and like falls into the Sarlacc pit and gets eaten. Yeah. Um. But it's like, but but dude, you you had a solid shot. You you had like a good few seconds, and he squeezed off a shot, and then he gets hit. I, was like, I had to go back. So how how'd you I miss? That's how he died. <laughs> Because it was a very, yeah. it was kind of a very stupid ending for for Boba Fett. We thought, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm glad he didn't die, though. But he doesn't die. Wait. He does not die. He is going to be back in Mandalorian season two. He, he is. Wait, did they announce that? They announced that the the actor who plays Jango Fett is confirmed to come back as Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two, along with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. And there's also kind of a rumor about the same actor who plays Jango Fett is going to be returning as not only Boba Fett but as another character. What? Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say who because that is going to be some spoilers for for Clone Wars. But I think you can kind of figure out who. Oh yeah, I can figure out who. I have a really good idea. Anyway, I won't say anything. But they also actually, I was going to wait till the end to say this, but. They actually announced uh, Timothy Oliphant is going to join season two of Mandalorian. I don't think there's any information on who he's playing, but he's joining. Ooh, that's going to be but, interesting. But I mean, I, Timothy Oliphant's really entertaining. So I mean, I'm, I'm just so pumped yeah. for season two. Like every, they keep announcing yeah. something. I'm just so <laughs> excited to see Ahsoka Tano in the flash. Like, oh God, they, anyway. Um, Dude, you're telling me. I've been waiting for that since 2008. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so they escape, and most the rest of the gang goes on the Millennium Falcon, except for Luke and R2, who are going back to the Jacob system. Because he had said to Yoda, you know, I'll be back. I need to go back to finish my training. And they go back. And I do, I, this whole sequence is so great. So Luke, Yoda is, this is when he says he's 900 years old. And he. Yeah, which. <laughs> they, they do finally confirm his age. He's he's nine hundred years old when he dies. He just keeps saying rest, rest. Like he's just he's he's about to go. And this is when Luke asks him, like, "Is Darth Vader my father?" And he's like, "And it's yeah, like, oh yeah, sorry, we didn't tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry." <laughs> and uh, and then and then Yoda fades after that. Pretty much, we get a very tacked on scene after Yoda dies of. Obi Wan Kenobi showing up as a Force ghost, kind of explaining he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I I did tell you that your father died. From a certain point of view, he is dead. You're, that's not your father anymore. That's Darth Vader. Totally different person." It's like, "Okay, up yours, Ben. You 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 lied I, to me." <laughs> I do really, I do like this scene a lot because the cinematography is really great, and there's a lot of these like dark shadows, and it's it's visually, I I love the the setting for this conversation. But I mean, to be fair, yeah, Anakin Skywalker is dead. But I mean, it, he wasn't killed by another person named Darth Vader, which was the implication. But I mean, how do you how yeah. do you say that to someone like my dad was a Jedi? What? How did he die? Oh, uh, oh, oh, you know. Oh, I cut off his arms and legs and left him on the edge of a river lava where he caught on fire, and I assume he burned to death. I can tell you in seven seasons. <laughs> seven seasons or less. And this is when he's saying, like, or so just before Yoda dies, he does say there is another Skywalker. And Luke, through his conversation of with Obi-Wan, says, yeah, you guys were separated to keep you guys from Darth Vader and the Emperor. 
and he realizes it's Leia, which is like also yeah. another. Do you think the audience was just like, because they already were, their minds were blown by Darth Vader being Luke's father. Do you think their minds were blown again? Like, what is it with you guys and blowing everybody's mind up? I can't handle this anymore. What's next? I, I don't. I don't know what the audience reactions would be for that. I feel like it was a lot less monumental than the I am your father because it kind of came at a more like this. This was very much a less dramatic scene. It was just them kind of just having a very simple, not really heated conversation. It it was more of just kind of like pseudo exposition, I feel like. But it, it, it didn't seem like it would have that same impact of no I am your father. Yeah. I just, cause there um, is that very famous picture of them finding out that they're siblings and they're all like, you're all like, <laughs> what? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, ew, gross. And I gotta say, it also is a real, it's a real testament to Obi-Wan's character because it's really showing how the whole attachment thing, how he feels about that. Because, you know, Luke says, no, I can't kill my father. And, Obi-Wan's like, well, you are, well, then there's no hope. and Yeah, it's like, well, then we're lost. Yeah, we should have trained your sister. Hmm, that's interesting. Would it have been easier for her to just kill her father? But also that's aside the point, like the whole <laughs> point of a, a Jedi is, you know, you defend, you don't attack. So they can't just, he can't just go and like assassinate Darth Vader. But yeah. anyway, uh, on the rebel, on the rebel ship, oh, or uh, did I miss something? Before, um. Luke and R2 go to Dagobah, we see a bunch of TIE fighters circling the Death Star, uh, and it's like, wow, that's a lot of TIE fighters. What's going on? And we see this Imperial Shuttle in the landing bay, surrounded by, like, 500 stormtroopers, and we see some Red Guard that we've never really seen before exiting the ship, and it's like, wait, is this? It's the Emperor first coming out that we see this is the first time that the audience has seen the emperor like live in person we, we've seen him once in like a hologram in empire strikes back but this was like the first time we see him and it's just like this this feeble old man he's just like this old man who's like hunched over using a walking stick and it's just like this is the most powerful man in the galaxy this is the guy that that no one can really beat there's another <laughs> podcast i listened to and one of them mentioned i don't remember how this came up but he was saying how Revenge of the Sith. He he didn't really like how it gave an exa- gave it was trying to give a reason to why the Emperor looks this way when he's like, I mean, the the Palpatine's like sixty years old, so twenty years later, yeah, he's gonna look really old. It's like, he I I get it, but also if he had just aged normally, he wouldn't look like the way the Emperor looks. So like he wouldn't look as withered and and wrinkled and gross and deformed. deformed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that that actually is like a common thing for the Sith is that over time they do kind of get deformed and scarred through like their use of the dark side. Um, like one example of this would be Darth Sion, who pretty much just looks like his entire body is just like dry and like flaky to the point where it's like you see like entire layers of skin like on his he almost looks like two face mm-hmm. like entire layers of like his skin are just gone and it's just like flesh but it's hardened to the point where it looks like skin as well even though it's still flesh um it, it's a very like morbid kind of looking uh sith and there's there's a lot of other ones like that 
like Darth Malgus and like Darth Revan. Uh, they're they're well, not really Darth Revan, but they they just kind of get like messed up over time through constant years of battle and like using the dark side because it kind of corrupt corrupts the soul and the body from what it seems like it's doing because i mean when you see anakin use it in revenge of the sith his eyes change color completely to like a reddish kind of orange so it's like his your body physically changes when you use the force and when you use the dark side of the force it changes it and kind of deteriorates your body at a much more accelerated rate um so also and so the actor who is playing the emperor is ian mcdarmid who also plays palpatine in you know the prequels and i didn't know that that was the same actor like i actually looked it up from, yeah that that, that blew I was my like, mind i actually looked that up because i'm like wait it, they do look very similar that's crazy and then i looked it up i was like oh oh wow because then i, then I thought it was funny because at the time he did this the Ian Ian McDermott was about thirty nine years old, and around the time or the right time this was released, he was about thirty nine years old, and Mark Hamill was about thirty. So the fact that in reality he's only <laughs> nine years older than him, I thought was really funny. Yeah, no, they they did tremendous work in like the makeup and yeah. wardrobe department to to make him look because he looks like he's sixty years old in this, like at at the very least. Yeah, or or I mean, um, more like one hundred and eighty. Like he like he looks so old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a very like withered kind of like 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 kind of like a like a like a witch like hag kind of like type character, just like a very withered kind of mystical aura around him, and it's like, all right, I'm I'm down. This this looks really good. Um, so we then everybody's like I said before that everyone's on the the rebel ship and they have a plan. They got to go to Endor. So they're saying it's on the most. The rest of the movie takes place on. The moon of Endor. The forest moon of Endor, yeah. So it's not, is it a, is it a off a planet? It just looks like it's a moon on its own. Like there's nothing around it. As far as I know, I don't really see anything else around it. Like I don't think there's just a planet called Endor. It, this, I'm just surprised why not make it a planet. Like the planet that, yeah, I, I think they just try to make it some like variety yeah. and like the, places that they go to it's like oh you're not going to a planet you're going to a forested moon of a planet whoa that's like, called yeah oh it's like that's still a planet it has an atmosphere and planet and it sustains life that's a planet that's not a moon yeah <laughs> uh which was which was actually um, this that i mean that was all shot in california in the the redwoods yeah that that was uh, yeah which it, beautiful place it was absolutely amazing yeah it seems like they were mostly in cal they were mostly in because i mean i know like they're they're you know in england in like the studios but everything else seemed to be in they were in death valley they were in the redwood national park they were just like all over california and arizona a little bit of they they did film in africa and in greenland or not in greenland norway i forget exactly where they filmed hoth i think it was norway dagobah was that a set i think that was an I think that was a set, or at least a good chunk of it for, or at least the Dagobah set for this movie. They might have filmed, like, somewhere on location for Empire Strikes Back. I'm not 100% for that. But I do know that in, at least in New Hope, they did film uh, some scenes for Tatooine somewhere in Mm -hmm. Africa. Okay. 
They've been in, yeah, the sequels, they were in Jordan, they said. Yeah, yeah, they were filming uh, uh, pretty much, like, a good chunk of uh, the Tatooine scenes, like, primarily in Africa for, for the Phantom Menace Tatooine scenes. I think it was mainly for, like, the pod racing scenes yeah. and the, uh, like, the market scenes, because they needed, like, some kind of reference to switch back to for the pod racing scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like, we need, we need some good landscape shots, yeah. so they kind of filmed that, and then they plug that into a computer to make it look the way it did yeah yeah. so they gotta basically on endor they have to destroy a shield yeah. generator yes. so they could send a strike team to destroy the death star yep that um so and <laughs> the team obviously consists of han is leading it with leia joins and luke and chewy and pretty much everyone and yeah the the a team and then like a random like separate set of like rebel commandos that that go with them so it's not just the a team (laughs) yeah so they get down there and they see a couple of stormtroopers and i love this part because he's like okay i'm gonna go take them out and luke's like be careful you don't there might could there could be more there be quiet and han's like hey it's me which is a basically guarantee that it's not gonna go well just his his face um and of course he steps on something and goes wrong almost immediately. <laughs> and then Luke and Leia jump on uh, speeders and chase after chase after them. It's like the closest thing we get to a car chase. And it's yeah, pretty much. I, re- I love really like the really... only instance of like a high speed chase. And I mean, this I don't know. This seems really fun, but they end up getting separated. Luke makes his way back. Leia is unconscious because she's thrown from she's thrown from her speeder and who does she meet the the native that live on endor the ewoks the famous ewoks wait yeah wicked the ewok played by the legendary actor warwick davis uh who you might know him as who you might know him as willow from willow also made by george lucas or you might know him as the leprechaun from the leprechaun series or as grip hook and Professor Flitwick in Harry Potter. Anytime there's someone that's short, very, very short, it's going to be Warwick Davis. And I think he plays... Or Peter Dinklage. Or, well, Peter <laughs> Dinklage is a little bit taller than him, <laughs> right? But you see, usually see his face. Warwick Davis goes through... I will say, there is a scene, I think it's in Phantom Menace, you see his face and you're like, hey, it's Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is like one of the few actors who has multiple different character roles in Star Wars. Mark Hamill has a couple. Uh, Warwick Davis has like three or four. It's the same um, thing in Harry Potter. He's played like at least three different characters. Yeah. And I think Clancy Brown, the, the voice actor for Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, he has two as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of one of them's in Mandalorian. He's he's the like the muscly guy in the, in the episode with like uh, Bill Burr. So they go out. Basically, yeah. So we get the first sighting of an Ewok, and it's I mean it's it's like the whole thing is it's like they're, oh they look so cute like stuffed animals, yeah. but they have spears yeah. and knives and oh yeah no they're, they're vicious and they'll eat you. And you know, and Leia is like. Be, I, like she's being nice to it and i'm like you are like a disney princess as your friends with with animal creatures <laughs> that you find yeah. instead, instead of like falling unconscious yeah in, instead of holding out your hand and a bird landing on it just a wicked just kind of like <laughs> an ewok just like grabs your fingers like yep nope <laughs> but then uh 
they see like a they see a you know a blaster shot they hide and of course a stormtrooper shows up and he doesn't see the ewok and then the ewok just starts using his spear and like hitting its leg until they like yeah knock him out yeah leia just like KOs both of them in like no no time whatsoever. One one thing that's really interesting about the Ewoks is that throughout this entire movie, the word Ewok is not mentioned once. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It is never said in any sentence. It's not even in the credits. It's like they're credited as their character names. They're they're not mentioned as Ewoks in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, there's there's Wicket, there's Pablo. Is that even said? No. It's okay. Well, then no, I'm they're, like, they're, oh yeah. Yeah, no, their names, not nothing. They're just the furry little build a bears. Yeah, I will say sometimes they're some of the some of the costumes for Ewoks look better than others, and a couple of them. There's one in particular. You see the padding of its foot, and it looks like fabric. It looks like felt. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't really look like a padding of a paw yeah no I, I was like oh I, I'm, I'm looking at the 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 credits right now it's it's credited as their individual names like there's chief chirpa there's logray there's T- yeah it's just not not ewoks at all it's their actual like so, their their actual names this scene they're supposed to be they're supposed to be wookies yeah, they, they they were originally was, supposed to be a planet full of Wookiees, and for some reason they changed it to to Ewoks. Would it have been the planet? Because there is a planet. I I, of... I don't know if it would have been Kashyyyk or not, because that okay. has basically at this point in time in like the the war, like Kashyyyk has been much been like it is completely under Imperial control, and Ewok or Ewoks the Wookiees are used entirely as slave labor so for them to have it, it would have been really interesting it would have kind of come across more of like a like a spartacus kind of situation of mm-hmm. like oh we we shake off our bounds of servitude we we will stand up and yeah. fight this slave rebellion to to overthrow our imperial masters kind of thing i'm chewbacca <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just chewbacca <laughs> it's just them doing that and like all those stormtroopers like what the fuck are they saying um i do look so because i know that's why a lot of people that's there a lot of people don't like ewoks yeah Um, a a lot of people don't like ewoks i understand that yes that's annoying they were supposed to be wookies that would have been a lot of fun but they're not use they're not useless like they help destroy the empire like in the battle like yeah that's that's what I don't understand. I mean, yeah, like they're 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 useful. It's not like it's not like the porgs, which well, the porgs are just there. <laughs> they were they're there to the sell toys. <laughs> they're just the animal. Yeah, they're just the animals that live on the island, and they're cute and they're super cute, but they don't really have a purpose other than just being cute. cute. And yeah, they they were there definitely for merchandise, but I can also agree with they're just the native creatures on this planet. Yeah. I can be on board with that, but. The Ewoks actually contribute, so yeah, they, and they I contributed mean, in a way that's like, okay, this is kind of stretching the the some some disbelief right here because later on in the movie, Emperor Palpatine straight up says like, oh, like I know your friends are on Endo right now to destroy the shield generator. That's why I've already sent an entire legion of my best men down there, and the men that he sent down is 
the the five hundred first legion, which is the legion of clones that Anakin had to control during the Clone Wars. That this is just now the Imperial Regiment. So, like you you've seen enough Clone Wars that those guys kick ass. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> they got beat up by Bill the Bears to a point where <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're we were jumping ahead, but uh, so yeah. Han and Luke are out looking for Leia and they see the they see the speeders and they find Leia's helmet and they're kind of panicking and then Chewie sees some like just animal dead <laughs> animal meat he goes after it and it's a trap and it's a trap oh sorry too sorry. <laughs> R2 R2 frees them and this is that other joke because he uses something what does he use to break Leia's chains, and then this time he uses this tiny little razor. So yeah, I know there's he, like he, a joke there. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the other one he used like basically like an arc welder, which is like if he'd used that, he would have set the net on fire. See, that's what I get. That's what I think. And everybody always laughs, and it's like, yeah, but this one was probably a lot safer. And they yeah, got it's out like, it, it's just like, as yeah, fast. It's like, it, like, it's like using really... a yeah, it's like using a blowtorch on toilet paper. It's like that's not going to go well for anyone involved. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're 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 gonna turn yourself into a Molotov cocktail if you tried that, bud. <laughs> so they they get released and then they are surrounded by Ewoks and they think C-3PO is some sort of god. And I really love this yeah. scene because they're, you know, Han just wants to fight them all and Luke's like, no, don't bother and just give them your weapons. And C-3PO is like, oh, they think I'm some type of god. And Han's just like, well, thank you, help us get out of this and he's like i can't it's against my nature to pretend to be a deity and yeah <laughs> uh, and i think i just love this part because luke han is just so fed up with c-3po and luke is just laughing in the background because this conversation is so stupid it it's really liter- is. they're literally they're literally fighting over the fact that a droid doesn't want to pretend to be a god <laughs> That's the conversation, and Luke's just behind them, just trying not to laugh. Oh. I love it because it humanizes the whole situation. And, and it's the fact that it's like not only does three PO not want to be a god, he doesn't want to be a god to a bunch of teddy bears. And they are then taken to their village, their tree village, their tribe, and they're about to cook Han. Yeah, and I, yeah, I these things that- are these things are cannib- not cannibals, but I mean these things are like full on carnivores. And Leia comes out, and they apparently gave her new clothes, and they do her I was hair. A, I was about to say, is like, are you going to mention that they braided her hair? I knew you were going to fucking mention that. Well, okay. <laughs> it's not just that they braided her hair. They they unbraided it to put, like, something in it. But then she just, the next day, like, she just braids it back and just keeps it in. Like, it's, it doesn't really make a difference. It's more just funny that they... I don't know hospitality you know <laughs> yeah so han is about to be burnt at a know, stake set a flame set a flame and he he's just like hanging on above a, a they're about to set the fire and then he sees leia and he's just like leia and it's like don't you want to be like hey leia like i thought the like what's there be a little more urgency like oh my god we found you but also uh- hey i'm about to be Burnt. Yeah, I'm, ab- <laughs> I'm about to be become a spit roast over this fire. Can you can you help me out here? And Luke says like uh, C3PO, like tell them you'll you'll use your magic powers on them if they don't let us go. And he's like, what? And then of course, you know, Luke just uses the Force and lifts 3PO up into the air in his chair, and they ended up 
end up letting him go. And then the next scene is them. Three PO's telling him the entire story of Star Wars. <laughs> he's reenacting everything, and there. And then he's like, "We are now part of the." Oh, I love. The- oh, wait, wait, really quick. They're part of the tribe after he he tells the story. Yeah. But uh, just before this. You see, like, one of the Ewoks is grabbing onto Han's leg. Like, it's scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so, like, okay. And then, you know, we are now part of the tribe. And then everyone's, like, all of them are hugging. Yeah, they're they're celebrating like crazy. Oh, so, I realize we skipped. When they are first landing, trying to uh, sneak onto Endor. So, they have, they're using a Imperial you know, a small Imperial ship and they're using a code, like an older code. And we find out way later that the emperor is the one that gave them the code so that they could sneak on to the moon. Yeah. But Luke's freaking out because he's like, Vader is on that ship. He, he can sense me. I can sense him. Like I'm endangering everybody by being here. And then after the retelling of star Wars, Luke kind of, He's telling Leia he has to go because Darth Vader is here. I can sense him and I'm just being a danger to everybody. And this is when he says, okay, first of all, he says that he's her brother, but he says, do you remember your mother? And she's like, I mean, well, some mostly feelings. She died when I was young. Yeah. And I'm like, she died when you guys were born. Now the thing yeah. is, I can't blame, I can't fault them. I'm supposed, we should, we're supposed to fault Revenge of the Sith. And I will say how, like, it it wouldn't have really made a ton of sense for her to live, like, a year, you know, and then just die. Like, they still would have had to separate everybody. It wouldn't, I don't know. I So I get on their end, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for her to live that long. But at the same time, it technically goes against what leia had already said yeah it it is one of like the major discrepancies in the star wars series but for it as for a movie that is spanning that jumps back and forth in the timeline that's really like the only main discrepancy throughout the series that i've noticed it's like okay you've got one mistake okay i'll I'll let that slip and for all she knows she doesn't you know she's mixing her up with her adopted yeah her adopted mom yeah like it just it's a discrepancy but you kind of think how else were they supposed to do that because it wouldn't have made a ton of sense i haven't watched it yet there's a uh i saved it onto my watch later on youtube there's all of these like what ifs in star wars oh yeah or possible theories and there's one of what if padme had survived yeah no that was good i haven't i haven't watched that one yet but uh yeah so i am and so i don't know but that's that's definitely a error later but uh this is when luke says you're my sister and the whole i know i think i've always known and, it's like, and mm, did you though on hoth yeah <laughs> it's um, like i didn't even think so, george lucas knew so i don't think you did either <laughs> so luke luke leaves and han comes out and sees that leia's super upset and this is kind of when he starts to see he starts to think that there's something going on between them. Yeah. It's like, I know I've been gone for like a year. It's like, did I miss something between you two? It's like, I don't want to be the third wheel in a relationship that I thought I was already a part of. And this is the, you know, and, and he, I will say it's, it also just shows again how much he's grown because she, he gets mad. He's about to leave. And then he just turns around and apologizes and, yeah. you know, hugs her and then whenever he's essentially being a boyfriend. 
which is like, <laughs> yeah. you know, as opposed to him just being again by himself on the run. Yeah. Um, so Luke turns himself in and I really, I just, I love this whole dialogue between him and Darth Vader, because I think I mentioned this in, at the end of our last episode that as confident as Darth Vader is that he can turn Luke to the dark side, Luke is just as confident that he can turn Anakin Skywalker back to the the light. light yeah, they're they're both and, yeah. they're both more or less trying to reach a, a similar goal, which I think is just like oh, like father, like son, I guess. Uh. <laughs> and it, it is really cool because like even like Vader's like. Oh, you even made your first lightsaber. I'm so proud of you. Like, yeah. like they, they kind of have like this like weird father son moment. And it like, it seems a little awkward that they're even like acknowledging that right now because they've yeah. pretty much been absent from each other's lives up until this point for the most part. Um, it's like, Hey, remember that time I almost killed you, but didn't, uh, good times, son. Good times. <laughs> I kind of like that, uh, in a, the Lego Ninjago movie when he and the I'm facing on what the bad guy's name is, but they're like, Oh, uh, having ke- doing catch. They're like doing catch and like, yeah, like it's, it's the very cliche. Like, like you were we- a terrible dad. And like, they're, yeah, we- weird segue, but great comparison. <laughs> it's like, Hey, remember the Lego Ninjago movie? It's like, of course I do. What? <laughs> But no, I, was, I wasn't just bringing it up for no reason. I know it was just—I was not expecting that. I—I I never bring things up for no reason. I okay. <laughs> yeah, believe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, Darth Vader is saying, like, you know, Anakin Skywalker is dead, and that name means nothing to me now. And he is saying, like, you know, I'm going to bring him to the bring you to the emperor and he's going to be your new master. And Luke basically says to Darth Vader, like, cause he's saying like, you know, I'm going to turn you. I feel the good in you. I feel the conflict. And he says this a couple of times. And at this point though, Darth Vader says like, no, I'm not going to, you know, he, he's basically going to just let the emperor take over and finish his training. And Luke says, I guess my father is truly dead then, yeah. which has got to be like for him, it's got to be a, ah stick it to him like a burn like it's like oh uh, way to be a dick son <laughs> yeah um but yeah that, that also does kind of raise uh kind of a concern because v- vader at this point should be well aware of the rule of two or or at least know to some degree what that is because the jedi and the prequels like they knew what that was um so when vader says like oh i'm gonna take you to my master and you will be his apprentice well, then what would that make you? There, there can't be so, any more than two Sith at a time. There can only be a master and apprentice. And if he's going, and if Palpatine's going to be the master and Luke's going to be the apprentice, that means you're probably going to get killed, dude. <laughs> that's why I never understand the whole rule of two. So there can, there can only be two Siths. There, there can only be two Sith at any given time, a master and an apprentice, because at a time during the Old Republic, before the Rule of Two was implemented, there was an entire Sith Empire, and they more or less like divided into multiple sub-factions because they were all vying for power, and they killed each other trying to get that power. So a Sith Lord by the name of Darth Bane, who you'll probably see later, implemented the Rule of Two to preserve the Sith, to make sure that 
okay, we need to kill the Jedi, not ourselves. So we only need to have an, a, ma a master and an apprentice. And that's been carrying on for generations since then. That, that's been carrying on since the Old Republic all the way to the sequel trilogy. And for some reason, the Disney canon completely changed that, the rule of two. They changed the rule of two. It's just like, oh no, there can be two masters at a time and they can both have apprentices. Like, no, that's not what that was. It hasn't been that for a long time. <laughs> they all just have to be divided by two. That's yeah. what that means. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, no, there yeah. can be two. There can be two masters. Like, no, no, there cannot. <laughs> they would be rivals okay. and they would try to kill each other. That's not how that works. Anyway, uh, where where were we? Anakin um, and, uh, and Anakin. Uh, I keep wanting to just call him Anakin now because I like yeah, Darth him, Vader him, and Luke. They they leave to go to the Death Star and uh, Luke and the gang uh, being led by Ewoks are or Han and the gang. Yeah, sorry, Han and the gang <laughs> are are heading towards the shield generator, being led by a few Ewoks to kind of guide them through. And I love <laughs> this one part. Three uh, POCs. He's like, oh no, one of our friends. As he, like, you see an Ewok just, like, stumbling off, and they're, because they're, like, freaking out, they're like, oh, we're gonna surprise, we're gonna attack him, and we're gonna surprise attack, and then you see the Ewok takes one of the speeders, and then two of them follow, and yeah, they're like, oh, like, well. Alright, there's, all right, there's only one left, but, and, um, the, the, okay, real quick, during this scene, when, like, Han taps his, the scout trooper's shoulder, and, like, runs on <laughs> the other side of it, and runs into like a firing squad of troopers one of the one of the rebel soldiers you, you notice is kind of like a older guy he's got like a white beard and everything like he, he's looks significantly older than everyone there do you have any guesses on who that might be maybe i don't think i really noticed this person now okay. i'll go back um who um, well, it, it is was it later. Is it a character or is it a real person? It, it is like, a it is a character that they it, it it was like originally just some random like no name like Rebel Trooper, but they later like, hey, this looks a lot like a recent character design of a of popular is it, character. Is it a they, person I would know? Yes, it is one that you would know. Is it Rex? It, it is Rex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is that is Clone Captain Rex. See. That's who I was guessing would be in. Yeah, he he survives. Yeah, he he yeah. survives. I, I think I knew yeah. that. Yeah, he 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 joins the rebellion, and they, yeah, he Dave Filoni like later confirms like, hey, this guy looks a lot like Rex after after um, the Empire is established. Like, yeah, sure, that's Rex now. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, they, they basically nice. just retconned that, that specific character and it's like, all right, that's a retcon I'm okay with. Uh, all right, so, yeah, I love that scene. It's so stupid. But it, it's, it's so it's so juvenile. It's just like, that he literally just like, haha, made you look and then runs away. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, and they end up getting inside, but and they're unaware that, you know, it's a trap. Yeah, uh, an, an entire legion of my best troops are down there. It's like best troops, my ass. And yeah, and this is he's like being a huge like asshole about it. And th there's a Family Guy joke about <laughs> oh, it where they're like, "Geez, what I'm a dick!" <laughs> oh, I'm afraid the shield generator will be quite operational when your friends arrive. It's like, geez, don't need to be dick. About yeah. It. <laughs> 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 um, and then this is when the Ewoks attack and 
the battle is like in full swing where yeah. Han and Leia are trying to still get inside and that's going yeah. on. And then Luke is, the Emperor is just making Luke watch. He's like, your friends are going to die, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, strike me down. And he, so at first he says he's, he wants Luke to kill him. He wants Luke to kill. Yeah. The he, Emperor he, wants Luke to kill the Emperor. He, he really wants to like push Luke's buttons to see like, like a, a Jedi doesn't strike out of anger or any type of emotion like that. So it's like, if I can push his buttons, then like that's a good first step to turning him to the dark side. So he's doing everything he can to push his buttons. Like, dude, I'm I'm not armed. You can kill me right now and end this war. It's like your lightsaber's right here. I'm not gonna grab it. Look at all your friends dying. See what's gonna happen, pussy. <laughs> he's he's like egging him on so hard, and when Luke finally does it, it's like, all right, small victory for me. Emperor thought to himself. Point one for Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Palpatine that's one, so, Luke zero. <laughs> it's it's not just uh, so because that's so yeah. Uh, acting out on fear, anger, or hate; those are traits of that's how it, like a Sith operates. Yeah, but that's not necessary. Just because you act on those, you're still using like the you could you're still probably using like the good side of the Force, right? That's you, what I. It can, but it, it's it's so easy to delve into those yes. like emotions, which is why turning to the dark side is so easy and so dangerous. Which is why the Jedi try to restrict themselves from showing any kind of emotional capacity, especially when they fight. They try to operate purely on logic and reason rather than on emotion and instinct. Because that's what I was always wondering: like, if you if you act out, act out, are you using? the dark side of the force. Cause that's, that's something I've never understood because they're saying once you go down, it's, you can't really come out. It, 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 it's kind of like an addiction. Like the more you use it, the more inclined you are to use it more and more often in any capacity. So it's, you you really can't dig yourself out of it. Once you kind of are like succumb fully to the dark side. Yeah. I mean, there are, like, a few instances where, like, people have kind of converted back and forth from the dark side. One example is Mace Windu. I mean, kind of. He didn't really full, go full dark side, but... Like, they straight up had to create an entire lore, and t- that explains why he has a purple lightsaber. And that's because he uses both the light and the dark side, combining both a red and blue lightsaber to make his purple lightsaber. Oh, because that's funny, because Samuel Jackson just wanted a purple so he could point him he could point himself out to his mom. I, I know. He, he he asked, like, a simple request, like, hey, can I have a purple lightsaber? And George Lucas, like, overnight created an entire lore explaining why he has the one purple lightsaber and got gave it to him the next day. So that's a thing? You can use both? Kinda. He's, like, one of the only few who can do it without, like, fully succumbing. And there was, like, another, like, that's Jedi crazy. who... You, I think you met him at this point. Quinlan Voss. He was the guy who was helping Obi-Wan track down Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he like, went back and forth in, like, the light and the dark side. And his story kind of gets explained more in, like, a story that I'm pretty sure is retcon now called Dark Disciple. He, he's a really interesting character, but that, that's that's going off topic. So, so back to the movie. At, at this point, like, the entire Rebel fleet, like, Admiral Akbar, Lando, they're, like, trying to have a full assault on the Death Star, but it's like, wait, the shield's still up. We gotta get out of here. And 
we go into the famous line of, it's a trap! <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's so many traps in this series, and yet this is the one time the, it's a trap, is like so iconic and <laughs> becomes such a meme. It really is. It's like one of the best memes in the entire series, and I'm I'm all for it. it it's hilarious how it it goes from this is such a serious moment of like oh man we're we've been we've been tricked we got to get out of here to it's a trap and now I can't stop laughing at this entirely serious scene. <laughs> I want to look up see if this is indeed accurate, but this uh, I think this was on Instagram yesterday. Scotland's tallest mountain is going to be renamed Kenobi after Ewan McGregor. And there's a meme and there's a meme with it oh, that yeah. says, it's over, Anakin. I am, I am the, high, the ground. high ground. I saw that on Reddit a couple days ago. I, I, I'm sure that's a joke, but at this point, I would not be surprised if it wasn't. And also on Rotten Tomatoes right now, they are having a poll over like top blockbuster movies. And right now, all three of the original Star Wars movies are still like in the running as well as Revenge of the Sith. They're all up against like other movies, but like mm-hmm. they're all like looks like they're going to move on to the next round. So in the next round we're gonna have four Star Wars movies going head to head. It's like, all right, which one's the best one? Oh boy. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, boy. and it's it's the Ridge and Revenge of the Sith. It's like, ooh, this is gonna be spritting some loyalties right now. Um so yeah, and and this is when our yeah we are getting our very first like fight for of like Darth Vader and Luke and like I said I love this fight scene because the tensions are just so insane and you know the stakes are way higher than they were in the last one. Oh yeah, because and- this this is like the entire rebellion is just like they're throwing everything that they have into this fight and if they lose then it's like we have nothing left to fall back on. And and Darth Vader's taunting him as well. Like, he's hiding out. I love, again, the cinematography in this movie is very underrated. There's a lot of these, the dark shadows and, and Luke's hiding out and Darth Vader's just like, fine, I'll I'll just teach your sister. Yeah, like, Obi-Wan was right to keep her from me and, and basically I'll turn her to the dark side and that's when Luke really gets furious. And... It just it's just getting more ahead. And this is and also I but I do love the the fight when they're Luke jumps up onto like an above awning. Oh yeah, the, and, the catwalk. Yeah, the catwalk, and he's just like, I'm not you're I'm not gonna kill you. I can feel it. You're not gonna kill me. You're you're not gonna turn me. And he's not really Luke's just not he's not really he's kind of just egging him more on to join the good side. But it's not yeah. really egging him the way they they're they're egging him. He just does. He just is so confident that his father is going to. Yeah, I, I honestly. Him. Yeah, but I honestly can't watch that scene without thinking it's over, father. I have the high ground. As soon as he jumps up there, oh, I cannot. God. I didn't even I think, of that, think meme. that. It's over, dad. I have the high ground. It's like son of a bitch. Obi Wan taught you that. Wait, does he say that? He doesn't say no. that. No. That's just a meme. In a meme, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, what? would he be like god what is it with you people in your high ground (laughs) did obi-wan tell everyone that (laughs) god obi-wan you can't keep a secret (laughs) yeah so the fight's getting more intense well back on endor you're seeing all these ewoks just attack 
These yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're attacking with like wooden clubs and stone spears, and it's like my entire legion of my best men was like, "You guys are getting completely trumped by build a bears." Like in during the entire fight, I think we see like two Ewoks die. Oh yeah, and one is really sad because he's like like pushing him like come on but he's dead and you're like yeah oh. yeah but um, like but like they're they're destroying like all the uh like speeder bikes with like lassos like wrapping them around the trees and clotheslining so, all the yeah it's so juvenile yeah it's like it... how is this working and they have like all these like vlogs that are just smashing and like running over all the uh uh chicken walkers just causing them to explode the only thing that made sense is like chewbacca and like two other ewoks just straight up steal the chicken walker and kill the the pilots and it's like all right yeah we, we have it we have a we have a mech now and han and leia are trying to get you know obviously open the doors and they try to get r2 over r2 then it doesn't work he gets shot han's just like i guess i'll hotwire it i'm thinking why didn't you str- couldn't he have tried to hotwire it and well tell, when you have like, when you have a robot that can that literally specializes yeah. in picking locks i think we should start with that <laughs> okay fair enough and he's like yeah. i got it i got it and the door closes yeah he, like, he he somehow like activated the blast doors and then leia gets shot it's like Jesus, like we're we're seeing like stormtroopers like hitting their marks for like the first time this entire series. Like, yeah, maybe this is the Emperor's Best Legion. <laughs> there are so many jokes in this movie, though, like way more than any of the others. I felt like I was laughing a lot more in this one. Than yeah, wasn't the last one, but yeah, and uh, Leia gets shot, and they're like, "Hey, put your hands up!" And then we see Leia still has her blaster, and then Han says, "Oh, I love you," and she's like, "I know," and you're like, "Ah, oh, they said the thing." <laughs> and and then she shoots them. And then they, when they see that Chewie has control of the walker, they decide they have an idea how to get inside. So is it Han that's, it's, is it Because you always see eyes. Is it Han that goes inside and just saying, I, oh, hey, can you guys, because I can't tell because they, then Han's I, I, outside the building. No, I, I think it was just a, a random rebel trooper that was like, here, put on this helmet and get in this thing. He, they won't recognize oh, okay. you, hopefully. <laughs> Because okay. I, as far as I know, I, I don't know who that is. Who okay. says like it's like oh we need reinforcements. They're fleeing into the woods. We we need reinforcements to to route them completely. It's like all right yeah send 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 a few squads and then they get ambushed by everyone that's still alive, like because, right outside okay. the gate. <laughs> because I'm like is that Han? He got out. He got in and out of the walker really quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, and out they... of the uniform because he's wearing like the giant like. The glove that like the uh the the driver was before and the helmet is like but he's like covering his face completely with like the the mic for yeah he's yeah. using a microphone but it's a video display it's like why that i don't understand that <laughs> yeah they they get in they put you know like explosives all over it and he runs out and his run is also very comical this i felt like this fight wasn't it was, it was kind of like a very, it was, yeah, there's a lot riding on it, but it was a lot less intense than you would have assumed. Because, yeah. it, like, the fight at the end of Rise of Skywalker, that was a lot more intense than this was. This was, like, it seemed like a very fun fight. I mean, I, I I felt like the real fight was the one in space. Like, yes, the actual, no, like, space I, fight. Like, that, that yeah. had, like, a lot more tension of, like, it's like, okay, we can't. Yes. Fight the the Death Star head on. The thing's operational. It just destroyed one of our cruisers. We needed to go head on into the Star Destroyers and like 
we'll have a better chance against them. And it's like, we're going to die, but we're going to take a few of them with us. Like they're going all in on that fight. And it, yeah. it definitely shows because like, I, it is such a good fight. It is so cool to watch. I just meant like the fight on Endor was a lot more light and comical than any of the other fights yeah. that are going on or that we even see in, in this franchise. That's what I've noticed. Anyway, continue. Yeah. But yeah, it during like that fight, like we see um the the guy in the Imperial officer in Empire Strikes Back who got like three battlefield promotions because Vader kept killing his superiors go from like captain to like admiral on this one because he's like in charge of the Super Star Destroyer when Vader's not there. And it's like, intensify for firepower! Intensify for firepower! And <laughs> a, a rebel like A-Wing just crashes into the bridge and just completely destroys <laughs> the thing and it crashes into the Death Star. It's like, alright, that was fast. <laughs> It's like, man, what a great military career that guy had. He got three battlefield promotions and then died. Howdy, I'm home. I got I got ten battlefield promotions today. It's like, oh, what? Where does that make you? So hard? I, no, because everybody keeps dying. It's like, oh, where does that make you? I'm Vader's number two now. I was like, oh shit, I'm Vader's number two now. <laughs> oh god, if, I'm gonna die. Yeah, no, the amount of like imperial like officers committing suicide for fear of like retribution from vader is it's it is disturbingly high in the comics and in other medium it, it is like there there's this one rebel um not rebel this one imperial officer who was like in charge of like a star destroyer is like all right i found a few uh like x-wings like we need to follow them to their base and he lost track of them and vader is like all right, you need to tell me where they are right now. Otherwise, the consequences will be dire. So the guy follows them through an asteroid field, completely destroys his own fighters, cripples his ship, and he finds zero information. It was just two like <laughs> defunct like desert rebel troops. And it's like, oh shit. And then he just kills himself because he knows Vader's going to kill him anyway. It's like, that was disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, there are there, there yeah. are so many stories just along like those same lines and is ridiculous um so yeah the basically everyone's kind of taking their last stance and luke and darth vader, luke, basically it's just luke and darth vader it's getting very intense and kind of out of control and finally luke has him on the ground he has his lightsaber at him he could just kill him but then he realizes, so just before he cut off, he, you know, just like he didn't, uh, Darth Vader had done to him, he cut off his hand to relieve him of his lightsaber. And he sees, just as he's about to, like, kill him, he sees the, like, wires sticking out of his hand. Just like. It's like, you're a robot too? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> just like he has. Because uh, earlier in the movie, he, like, gets, like, a burn on his hand. And so part of like the wires in his fake hand are sticking out and that's kind of when he it's kind of it brings him back it anchors him back down and he realizes that like he kind of kind of the whole why he came he's like no i'm not gonna do this and turns to the emperor is like you lost i'm not gonna do this i'm not your apprentice i'm not gonna kill my father yeah because because he fully like almost breaks like he he cuts off his dad's hand he is going to kill him and 
in that brief like realization is like oh no 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 i need to reel this back i need to reel this back i beat him i don't need to i need i don't need to go any further and this is when the emperor's like okay fine and then doing his like lightning dark force powers on him yeah his force lightning and see i thought that was just like a sith power because it, it is because when uh ray does it in rise of skywalker and people I, I guess my friends were like oh yeah palpatine i'm like i thought that was just like a especially because in and clone wars dooku does it too so i'm like yeah it's this is just not specific to palpatine yes it yeah. is what he is known for but it's not specific <laughs> to palpatine it's just yeah, a no, it, thing. force powers aren't genetic like that mm-hmm. that's not something that you just inherit it's like oh my grandfather could do force lightning i can do yeah. force lightning it's like that's not how that's not how the force works you either have those abilities or not that's not something that you just inherently gain because of some genetic ability from like someone in your family who knew that it's not like oh my dad had red hair now i have red hair that's that's not how yeah. that works which is why that scene makes no sense for her to just instantly go that and I'm make more, the, the connection yeah. of like, oh, she's a Palpatine. It's like, th- no, that means nothing. That just means I, that she taps yeah. into the dark side. That's what I thought was happening. And everyone's like, it's Palpatine powers. It's like, but uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. It, yeah. No, that it makes no sense as to why that's the, the defining trait that she's a Palpatine. Cause she can do that. It's like, no, literally anyone who has a force can do that. Hell, Yoda can technically do that, and I, he kind of does. So we're seeing him, like, yes, yeah, uses, like, lightning on Luke. And Luke, it's like you see the lightning, like, even in his mouth. It's just, like, deteriorating it's coursing, him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's coursing through every vein in his body. And he's screaming, and he's, like, begging Darth Vader to it's like, Father, please. Father. Yeah. And... Help me, and then, Papa. Yeah. And daddy yeah like oh darth darth daddy yeah and uh, uh no oh yeah <laughs> and, uh, i don't like that um finally you know palpatine's about to kill luke and darth Vader's just like no and then just picks him up throws him down the shaft and he automatically i had to look this up because i i realized i never wondered this before but he automatically now that he's back on the good side he starts having trouble breathing and i didn't get why and i had to look it up and it said it was because he was so linked to the the dark side that that's what was keeping him alive uh i mean yeah for the most part after a while like the force does he he did use the force to sustain him and it also didn't help that the emperor also shocked the shit out of his suit which also acts as his life support Mm-hmm. further damaging it so he he was he was damned if he did damned if he did any kind of thing you know yeah yeah um so yeah and i and i and i because i had been thinking before he had to have known that the emperor is either probably gonna have him try to kill me because that's he like he had him kill he had anakin kill dooku like i mean yeah aside aside from the you know i know that it's the rule of two but you know, yeah, like, we, yeah. Which I, I still don't understand, like why he was so like, oh yeah, we we should make Luke like your apprentice, like then you would die as well. <laughs> it's like that's yeah, rock paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like Vader. You you understand that 
there can only be two. There are three of you. One of you needs to die. I think he had to have, obviously he had to have known. Because he does say when he first tells Luke, I'm your father, he says we can overthrow the emperor and rule together yeah. as father and son. So you think he knows, but he's still just so blindly, not really blindly oh. following his master. But that's the thing about the Sith that I've noticed. So like even Anakin, like he says... Even as, like, in Revenge of the Sith, he's like, I, I'm more powerful than the Emperor. I can overthrow him. Like, the Jedi don't obviously do this. The Sith are very willing to overthrow anyone for power. And that was, like, one of the reasons why the Rule of Two was implemented, was because they were so power-hungry and ruthless. They needed to have some kind of rule to make sure that they could at least sustain themselves in the event of the Master dying. They had an apprentice to kind of pick up the slack afterwards because yeah. once like the master is dead and he can't pass off that information any of his knowledge there's only the apprentice left and if the apprentice and there's no apprentice then that that's it the Sith are gone yeah and okay then the whole galaxy is all about out of balance i think we forgot to mention lando is in the millennium falcon yeah uh, yeah meeting the fight in space and yeah with he... uh his co-pilot nian num and they basically the Darth Death Star has been hit. Everybody's evacuating, and Luke is just like dragging Darth Vader, trying to get him to safety. And then, but yeah, Darth Vader's dying, and he says like, "Take off my mask. I want to see you with my own eyes." He's like, "No, it'll it'll kill you." He's like, "No, I'm I'm already dying. Like, don't whatever. I want to see you with my own eyes." And this is when we first see human, real Anakin Skywalker. And he is so white and pale and like the makeup man, like, and I love this scene this because he, he says like, you were, you were right about me and all this. And he dies and Luke, Luke keeps saying like, no, I can, I can can save you. I can bring you. He's like, you've already done that. Yeah. It's like, you already have. And it's like, oh, tell your, tell tell your sister, you were right. You were right about me. And then, then he dies. Um, and you see, like, Luke crying. It's a very, it's very, it's a nice, beautiful, touching ending that there's no way you thought this is where it was going to go when you first meet Darth Vader. Yeah. At the same time as this, Han and Leia, they, they have successfully blown up the shield generator, and Lando and Wedge and a few other, like, uh, rebel pilots fly into the Death Star to blow it up, and they're being chased by tie fighter pilots and a couple of the tie fighter pilots crash as they're flying through the death star which i think yeah. is kind of funny and it's like oh we need we need to split up like there's not a lot of room and it's like as soon as he says that a tie fighter pilot crashes <laughs> it's like oh ace fighter pilots that go years of training in the academy and he crashes into his his place of work his place of yeah business, his, yeah he yeah. crashes into his his office um so it's like, oh, we need to split up. Take, t- try to get a couple of fighters to to follow you out of here. And uh, Wedge and Lando is like, oh, there's the generator. I'll destroy the the thing, and you destroy the other thing. And it's like, all right, let's get out of here. And like the whole place like ignites, and like all the Tie Fighter pilots that are chasing them, they like blow up because they're not fast enough. Wedge makes it out like with like, yeah, like no no problem whatsoever. And Lando is like. You you see oh, you see yeah, the Lando's flames there. like slowly like creeping up around like their cockpit window and you see the flames kind of erupt outside of the tunnel and then they like launch out like two seconds later it's like oh man that was fast 
I forgot to mention this before. Lando's costume in this, so he's wearing like it's it's you know supplied obviously by the alliance, but he is wearing still wearing a cape, just a different cape. And I thought that was funny. Like he can't not be wearing a exactly. cape. Exactly. Lando. Lando can't go like any scene without wearing a cape, and they have they have a um a joke like that in the solo movie where Han is like going exploring like the Millennium Falcon because he yeah. is in love with the ship and he comes oh, across yeah. Lando's wardrobe and him and I think her name is like Kira yeah. or K- something like that and like it's like how many capes does yeah. one man need? <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> so yeah, the Death Star is blown up, the Emperor's dead and Luke has successfully managed to not go to the dark side. Yeah, not go to the dark side and redeemed vader at the same time as like the death star blows up like you see it exploding like on endor and han and Leia's like oh, i was like I- i'm sure i'm sure luke wasn't on there at the times like Leia's like i know he wasn't i, I, oh, I-, I won't come yeah. between you you two and she's like no yeah. <laughs> he's my brother and then like, there's that meme of him like of him like because he's like what like so shocked and there's that meme of him like he's shocked because they kissed in the last movie yeah it's like, uh, but then yeah, what? they kiss and then they an Ewok like is like trying to hug them and it's super cute. And then uh, you see Anakin. So I guess Anakin does get Darth Vader's body off the Death off the Death Star because we he burns it. Yeah, yeah, no, he he brings it. Yeah, uh, Luke dr- br- drags his body back onto the shuttle and uh, they they get out of there and he has a a proper funeral for him he, he has a funeral pyre for him as everyone's celebrating like the with all the ewoks um which is really funny when you see like akbar and like a bunch of like the uh, x-wing pilots like dancing with like yeah, all yeah, the yeah, ewoks yeah. <laughs> and, and the ewoks are like using some like the uh stormtrooper yeah. helmets as like drums um, so and this far we this we see uh yeah so luke reunites with his friends and hugs them and and i love this part because he looks and he sees he sees Yoda, he sees Obi-Wan, and he sees and- Anakin. Now, I didn't know this for yeah. the longest time because when I had first watched Star Wars, uh, so I guess years ago, obviously it was, I'm guessing it was that actor who we see like when Ant- when Luke takes the mask off as Anakin Skywalker. I think it was Sebastian Shaw who initially did that because that, that's who he was originally credited as. But now in special editions, it's Hayden Christensen who shows up as when, Force Ghost Anakin. People are annoyed with, but at the same time, that is Anakin Skywalker, and whether we like it or not. And also, yeah, that is how Anakin. And I was debating, like, okay, well, they could have played it off as that's how Anakin Skywalker looked, like how he would have looked if he didn't go to the dark side. But that's the but Hayden Christensen is how Darth Vader looked, you know, in a sense when. Anakin died so I don't know I don't really have an issue with it I kind of like it because it makes it come full circle and but I I I get the annoyance but he is but I feel like part of the annoyance that would they have been as I feel like they would have been as mad even if it wasn't Hayden Christensen if it was a different actor that played Anakin but I don't know I don't have a huge issue with it Um, I kind of like it yeah I I don't have a huge with the first time I watched it I didn't know that I yep. know because it was the version I had. I didn't know that it was a different actor that 
had, that originally was being shown as the Force Ghost, and I remember I was like, "Wow, they did a great job at at hire at casting young Anakin Skywalker. He looks so much like this guy." <laughs> I was just so excited. And then I remember I was hanging out with someone. They're like, "No, that's Hayden Christensen. It was a different guy." And I'm like, "Oh." There's three people credited as playing Darth Vader. There's David Prose, who is credited as Darth Vader. There's James Earl Jones, who is credited for the voice of Darth Vader. And then there's Sebastian Shaw, who is credited as Anakin Skywalker. And I think Sebastian Shaw is the actor we originally see as the Force Ghost and as the Unmasked Vader. Although the Unmasked Vader could also still be David Prose. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's been a while, and I'm it seems to have like conflicting things in the imdb yeah yeah <laughs> but um but backtracking on like the ewok celebrating originally it came out and they had like this like really catchy song it was like yub nub of just like them kind of like singing in like their like like their own language and now it's like a very much more like like melancholy kind of song it's like dan dan like it's all like almost instrumental but it's kind of funny because someone pointed out to me is like wait why are the ewoks celebrating they really had no like investment in this fight and then I remember it's like, wait, they tried to eat Han, Luke, and Chewie beforehand, and they just killed a shitload of stormtroopers. They're not celebrating a victory; they're celebrating a feast. And they have a bunch of like dis like they have a bunch of helmets. Like, where did all the stormtrooper bodies that oh, went with those helmets go? No. Oh well, as long as Luke and Leia and Han don't eat it, it it you know. Oh no! But they're part of the tribe. They have to. They, they, <laughs> they don't the... want to insult their God. hosts. Yeah, they they ate the stormtroopers after. That's how much they hated the empire. But uh, we had talked about this a little bit in the beginning. So, oh my God, <laughs> the special edition version. Right after, you know, we see explosion. We see explosion, and we see Luke burning Darth Vader. There are fireworks, and you see fireworks yeah. all across the galaxy. So the Cloud City. Courtesan uh, and Naboo. Courtesan, Cor- Naboo, and Tatooine. And, yeah, and Courtesan. We don't really know either any of the Coruscant, Naboo. We don't really know these places until the prequels. Naboo wasn't in the original. This is a this was a special edition like edition. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't. Have, I would have been like, "What's this other city?" Like, it, I mean, it wouldn't have if it was enough of them. But the fact that it was, we've been to the Cloud City. We haven't been to these other places. And but the Naboo, you can see Gungans like dancing. Yeah. And you hear and, and you hear them go like, We saw free like you hear like a Jar Jar Binks esque like voice saying that. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. I mean what but whatever. Yeah, it, <laughs> as, as far I think in the originals the only plans that we saw were Cloud City, Coruscant, and I think Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, no, Naboo. That that has that's a a very recent addition, um, which I'm fine with. It, it was kind of a funny addition. I mean, yeah, it made, it, me, it made me chuckle. Makes it kind of you know, yeah, whatever. I don't have an issue with it. I was just I realized I'm like, there's no, this wasn't in the, there's no way this was in the theatrical release of this. Um, no, no. no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I like the anyway. I like the closing theme. It's the it's the like Ewok victory celebration theme and. It's it's like I don't know. It's a nice little bang we go out on, and that's pretty much that's the end of the movie, and yeah. that's the end of the original stretch. Uh, yeah, what what a note to end on, and it, it was it was really fun watching these movies again. Yeah, and uh, I'm pumped for next I, I, year. I, 
when we're going to talk the yeah. prequels because oh, oh boy oh geez. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> I'm so excited for that it's going to be a lot uh, of fun <laughs> uh, so before we sign off I just want to say first of all everybody reminder we are on Facebook and Instagram at the movie real podcast again find us on iTunes Spotify we just went on Stitcher um, as well as YouTube and yeah just Woo. keep you know, thanks for listening. Please keep listening. Uh, we're having fun. So I hope you're having fun listening to this. I don't know. Any last notes, Kevin? You know, like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, share it with your grandma. She'll love this stuff. Just, you know, send us some feedback on some other stuff you want us to talk about. We, we love talking about movies, good, the bad, the ugly. Especially the yeah, good, the bad, but... the ugly. Just <laughs> s- send us what you got, people. We'll we'll talk about it. All right. So I'm Samantha Tomlinson. I'm Kevin Tracy, and you've been listening to Movie Reel. Talk to you later, folks. Bye.